And we're live. <laughs> uh, did I miss the cue again? Hey, it's all right. It's, it's, it's natural. Arm. It's natural. It's what makes this fun. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Bash University Live. Uh, glad to have you with us. Excited to be back in studio, sort of, kind of licking my wounds a little bit after a, a rough day on the blue for me uh, down at Bugs Island, Car, Kerr Reservoir, uh, down at the Bass Open. Uh, challenging, challenging tournament. Uh, interesting. We got the champ coming on. We've got Pal Camp. He won uh, going away. Um, really, really dominated that event. So we're going to be diving in to that tournament, which I think is, uh, man, it's like a total study riz of pattern fishing. Kerr, Kerr Reservoir. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's the epitome of it, right? It's points, pockets, trees bushes right you get them going one way and you can run it the whole lake that that you are absolutely right about that that's the one big standout thing that i remember from being there is that you know it is such a pattern lake and for us fishing up here a lot of where we fish you know up here whether it's on the chesapeake or the river or you know the 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 smaller lakes around here that don't have as much to offer as far as pattern fishing it, they, it they're more of spot lakes more more spot oriented yep. more you know knowing high percentage kind of deals when i went down there and realized like oh wow every single rock vein you can get a bite on every single transition <laughs> you can get a bite it was pretty cool it was, it yeah. was an eye opening experience so it's going to be really amazing to talk to a guy with uh a vast uh, intimate knowledge of, of this body of water uh in this part of the country and uh and and this was a complex event guys we dealt with everything we had massive cold front come in we had a tremendous wind uh coming out of the north blowing 20 30 gusts up to 40 i heard but just massive wind uh rising water at practice the water level was falling and then uh, about the, I guess the, the second or third day or two days before the tournament started rising and continued to rise right through the tournament. We had the Roanoke River just dumping, you know, just got millions of gallons of mud and debris coming down the river. And it, it, it really, um, it, it really changed the complexion of this fishery. So being able to be consistent under those conditions is quite impressive. Uh, looking forward to diving into all that stuff. So it's going to be a study of that changing conditions, pattern fishing, shad spawn. It's a herring lake. Mm. Uh, there's some things that we need to talk about there. What which was the dominant factor in uh, in Powell's win uh, as the the bluebacks have become such an important part of that fishery. A lot of fisheries uh, in that part of the country. So uh, excited about that. We're brought to you by. Ta we're, we're coming to you from Tackle Direct Studios, oh, yeah. and uh, we've got a lot going on. If you're watching us over at on social, like and share the feed. We're going to be giving away a cool prize for that, as well as pay attention. Guys, you know the drill. We're going to be asking a question at the end of the show based on some of the things that we talked about, and we've got a grand prize for that. Jocelyn, it's nice to have you here with us. What are we giving away today? We're giving away for our like and share. Our sponsor, Waterwood Custom Baits, is going to be sending you a new Waterwood Custom Bait. So go ahead over to Facebook and like and share. And for our grand prize, we have a multiple multiple things. It's Rapala DT10, which is different to say than six. Um, we have some Boom Boom Weedless Baits, and we also have some uh, Big Bite Baits. 
Nice. The fighting frogs up there. That's a that's a bed fishing premier bait right there. Drew Cook, you he gave us an amazing seminar on on sight fishing. And that bait, the big bite baits, fighting frog and tilapia magic is his key to is that. His deal. only so, weapon. Yeah. And he's got the, he's got the rod tap going. He makes yeah. it shake and, and shimmer. So if you're somewhere where you're bed fishing, man, you want to win this pack. It's a good one. It's a good one. I, I was I was doing my best Drew Cook impression mm -hmm. uh down there this week when I had a few locked and I was seeing how they reacted to that that technique where you're shaking the line. It actually doesn't move the lure. Uh, or at least that seems to be my impression of it. Like you're trying to it's almost making a sound. You know what I mean? It's 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 it because you're you're keeping a bow in your line and you're you're hitting it and you're shaking that fluorocarbon, which is getting down to that bait. You want to keep that bait on the nest. And uh, it, I, I was using it. I was watching the fish go crazy about it. I uh, want to invite you if, if the fish are spawning in your area. I want to invite you guys to go check out Drew Cook's sight fishing seminar on BashU.tv. This is 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 priceless. It's going to help you catch these fish. We've all seen him do it on the elites live, and he teaches us, teaches our our Bash University guys how to do it. So get yourself subscribed. By the yeah. way, we've got an amazing offer going on right now. It's crank it up season. Uh, we're getting to be post spawn in a lot of parts of the country, and it's coming our way soon. It's crankbait season. Get cranked up. We're giving away a pair of DT16s. By the way, I was using the DT14 down at Bugs. Were you? Uh, I, I was. I, call, I caught some nice ones. I couldn't put the, couldn't hold that pattern together for the Derby. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like they were shallower than that with the rising water. But but it is crankbait season, and uh, we're giving away DT16s. We've got a Bash U T-shirt. Um, what else is in that gift pack, Joss? Oh, a face shield, Bash U face shield. And a Bash U face shield <laughs> for annual subscribers. And then it's a nice annual discount. Go get yourself. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, go do that. Go do that now. Great time to do it. Great time to do it, guys. Uh, can't tell you how valuable my hummingbird was uh, for me this week. Uh, I'm using a Solix 12. I'm using Mega Live and Mega 360. Mega Live was just such a valuable tool. As, uh, as the water level came up and, and the nature of, of the way bugs is set up, there's so much offshore blowdown trees, stumps, rocks, so many things that are that are so it's so important to have that kind of sonar technology to help you get your bait where you need to. So I want to give a shout out to them because they really helped me a lot uh, during this week. But uh, we have Pal Kemp coming on, yep. uh, the champ of the open. We're going to be diving into pattern fishing shad spawn and whatever else makes that lake tick uh here in just a few minutes so we're going to take a quick yeah. break yeah we're going to take a quick break um pete one thing we got to hit on and we got to say thanks to everybody that watches our show listens to our show downloads uh, our show we eclipsed one million downloads yay on Woo! uh this this week <laughs> so that's a that's a pretty awesome thing that is to, awesome uh to hear you know that many people are, are are downloading our show, listening to us on podcasts, and without without everybody that's watching right now, we really wouldn't be able to do any of this. So thank you. We got a lot of guys on the board already. We got Tuck. We got the Wolf of Walmart. <laughs> we got Zoltan Simone, Dylan Allen, Grant Noor, uh, Nick Mayberry, Diggs, Mister Higgs, um, Nico Dutton, Logan, Howie Range, JL um and many more bkj 
what is going on we appreciate all you guys watching the show um they're, as always they're chiming in because i asked them how many of them fished a tournament this weekend and we give a shout out to all of them because they all placed pretty high I what mean, grant nor placed third this weekend oh yeah um tuck uh, he's in high school. His sister and him got fifth in the local bass tournament. Well done, Tuck. Um, Zoltan got sixth place in his kayak tournament. Good job, guys. Well done, man. We've got to, we've got some battlers out there. This is going to be a great show for you guys and everybody else because we're we had a, we had to battle a pretty tricky uh, body of water this past week. So let's uh, let's take a quick break and we're going to be coming right back with the champ, Pal Kemp, winner of the Bass Open last week. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers, to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically 
they can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Tackle Direct Studios. I got my cue that time, Riz. That's right. We're dialed, man. <laughs> get we're dialed. dialed. Get, you know, and Hallie was dialed. just commenting on how consistent you were. And <laughs> missing the cues. Yeah. Now, now you, know. of course, got it once you said it. You jinxed it, Howie. I, I, I threw you for a loop. What's up, Howie? Always good to have you with us on Tuesday mornings. And I uh, hope your fishing's going well. I'm really excited. We've got uh, we've got with us today the champ uh, just competed. I was down at the Bass Open this past week uh, at Bugs Island, Kerr Reservoir, or as Pal calls it, Car. And the guys uh, from that part of the country, uh, it seems like it has a, a several different names. But uh, the name of this game is the champ. He's uh, he won one one in style, one big. And uh, it's great to have you with us, pal. Thanks for being with us today. Man, glad to be here. Good to talk some fishing. Yes. Yeah, well, we we, we love talking fishing. And, um, man, you crushed them. You, uh, we, we, had a, we were talking a little bit about all the variables that, that came into this tournament, and I want to dive into them with you. But, uh, man, that lake was all over the place. It was down. It was up. It was clear. It was muddy. It was windy. It was calm. It was cold. It was hot. It was a crazy week down there. Yeah, it was all over the map. It was uh, a hard, a hard place to to combat, and definitely the experience I have on the lake definitely gave me a little edge up. But uh, I fished different water every day, so I didn't go back to anything. The guy the second morning, the camera guy came and he's like, "Man, can you tell me where you're going to start?" I'm like, "No, I can't." <laughs> And I'm not being funny. I just don't know where I'm going to start. So I gave him a red dot and I said, I'll be within a mile of that in the wind. So you can try to find me. That's all I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that that's that's the definition of pattern fishing, right? You were just adjusting to whatever the weather was giving you that day, sounds like. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I, I truly thought it would be a total shad's phone uh, jam them fest. Uh, and it didn't really come about. I know some guys caught some on Chad's phone, but I'd say, you know, the whole time I was there, I might have saw 60 Shad following my spinnerbaits, and that's typically on your first three casts, you see 60 Shad following your spinnerbait. So right. uh, I think the cold air really checked that up. Uh, I think you had your last spawners coming in on the, the full moon that hadn't spawned up there yet because our weather this whole year has been so up and down. Uh, the lake was fishing really good, and, uh, March right before the off limits. Um, and you know, the bigger bags were coming in. It was, you know, I, I think I, we fished one the weekend before the cutoff and had 1490 and didn't even get paid. So, uh, bass really didn't get to see the lake show out, but they've kind of been in a funk all that whole April month looking at the tournament results. You know, guys were, uh, I think it took 17, um, 17 won the second week uh actually uh my partner won that that um in my hunting business 
He had like 17, but he had a five and a half. He caught a lot of two and a half, but the four and five pound fish were just kind of vanished for the month of April. I mean, 12 pounds was getting paid and that was a whole different deal from March. But, um, you know, when the guys got there for practice, I practiced Thursday, Friday, or I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday. And uh, it was low, you know, 30125, 30140. And yep. the fish, it were, there was, down. yeah, there was fry fish. The scopers, I think, were really playing a part, which I was not exactly happy about because I'm not the, I'm just kind of getting into that scoping <laughs> game. So I did catch a few fry fish in practice on, on scope. Learning about it is really what I'm doing. But uh, the tides changed and the water started to rise and, uh, actually, Sunday, I, um, when it was cloudy and rainy, I uh, went and fished a partner with my partner on Gaston uh, to qualify for the Cat Championship coming up in a couple of weeks on car. So I had to go fish one more to qualify for that. And we were kind of sitting there talking. I was going to leave at like 9 o'clock. And I was like, you know what? It's pouring rain. The lake's coming up like crazy. It's going to be a waste of time because I'm going to go jam them today. And it's going to change by the tournament. So I came up a foot that day. Uh, so Monday I went out and I spent 14 hours, you know, from the time we could be on the water till the time we got off. Stayed out there all day, kind of got an idea, found a couple of stretches, a couple of flipping stretches and had a couple of spinnerbait stretches. But they were, you know, I tried to make the rock deal work for three days or two, the first two days on that shad. And I just kind of gave up on it. It just wasn't happening for me. Everything was bushes, and um, I think that's because the, I was catching the last spawners. I was not catching a lot of fish like uh, is expected for bugs the first week in May. Interesting. So you 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 feel like you were fishing around the spawn? What pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn? Is that is that what you think you were catching? I think I was catching the last betters. Okay. The last one's going on the bed is what I believe I was catching. Now, the reason why I say that is prime example, first morning, rolled down the lake, wind was blowing, I believe, west, southwest. It was hitting on that northern side of, of bugs. And um, so I rolled over to a, one, a really good Chad's phone stretch that I thought I could get two or three bites. Went down the whole stretch, didn't get a bite. Uh, got to the corner and there's like 10 bushes in the corner and I threw to the left of the buck brush and uh, the male I'm assuming hit my spinnerbait, but didn't get it. And then when I got that cast in, I threw to the right of the buck brush and there was a gum tree there and a 513 come out and ate it. And that was the big fish of the tournament right out of the gate. And that kind of gave me some medicine to do what, you know, to do what I needed to do. I, I, knowing that the shad deal wasn't really happening. Uh, I thought that I could stay on that main lake stuff and get my goal was two bites two big bites is what i was hoping for in the first three hours on that stuff um i got one uh, i caught a couple of small keepers i think i had three and i rolled into a um a pocket that the wind you know because the wind was blowing 30 maybe 40 <laughs> it was jamming it was uh, so I, I pulled into one area fished around and i got to a little i don't even know a secondary i guess is the proper term but i would call it a third dairy because it was the very back point in a pocket and it was just a very small point with some rock and and that was the only place in three days that i saw 
Well, I take that back. That was the only day place in the first two days that I saw a group of fish. And I caught five off of that, and my co-angler caught a couple. Um, but they were sitting on those two or three bushes in the water, and they were you were catching them cast after cast, you know, that you could just tell they were grouped up right there. I saw some shad there. Um, but I think that was the first clue. Well, the 513 gave me a clue, but when things are going right and the Lord's blessing you, I threw my spinnerbait out and I got a, a professional overrun, as we would call them. Uh, and I was picking it out. And when I got it completely out and tightened down, I, I had a four and a half pounder on my spinnerbait. She had had it the whole Come time. Come on. So I'm telling you, man, I, I've That's said funny. it the whole time that the Lord blessed me. But if everybody knew exactly how it went down, they'd know it wasn't, you know, uh, it looked easy, but it was not easy, and things just went exactly right. Never That's lost a fish in three days that, that mattered. I might have lost a small one. I don't remember, but I never lost those ones that matter. Me and Ike talk about it all the time. It's like when it's going to happen, it, it's weird how weird, good, weird things happen when uh, when you're going to get into the winter circle like that uh, that professional over. And I don't know what that is. I never get those. <laughs> but uh yeah. well, you're, you're the man is all i can say <laughs> what all right wait a minute i've been at bash you i've listened to the greatest spawning fishermen in the world advanced knowledge in this area not one of them picks up a spinnerbait to catch spawning fish what what is up with bugs island or, or how what do you think allows you to be able to catch spinnerbait fish when those when those fish are spawning? Well, you know, I, I guess I've uh, I've been at this game for quite a while, but Bugs is probably the best spinnerbait lake that I've ever set foot on anywhere I've ever been. Um, and they're so, I don't know why they are like that, but it's been that way since the minute I set foot on that lake when I was 17 years old, you know, no kidding. they've always liked a spinnerbait. But the only way I can think about it is you see a lot of guys on, uh, TV, the famous guys, and they catch big females on a, on a swim bait. Well, mm -hmm. to me, it's no different if you're in the blowing wind and that female, the male's on the bed and the female's still there where she hasn't left yet. And that bait comes by her and she's like, oh no, you're not getting this. And most yeah. of it, I had to contact the bush. I had to slam into the bush. And as soon as it come out and started tracking again, they they come out of the bush and eat it or off a gum tree, um, you know, that, that's just my belief. I could be dead wrong, and but I, I do believe no matter what, they were very close to postpone um, the females that I caught because they were skinny. Um, now, when I, the ones I caught up the lake, I don't know that they were spawning fish. I think they were feeding shad fish. But down the lake, the way you would fish a mile and only get two or three bites on stuff, and the, where they were sitting in little cuts, um, you know, obviously when they started pulling that lake, the fish really moved, started biting on the points, but they were your, your males that probably did it in, in April. Um, you know, they were your feeding fish, your, your shad fish that were pulling out to the points like they're supposed to when car drops. Car is, car is known for, you can whack them today in the pockets and they turn that water around and they're going to go to the points. You can slam yeah. them. Put everything you did the day before and put it in the box because it's not going to work. Throw it out. Well, I wrote the book on that this week down there. <laughs> it's funny because uh, the I 
I was finding them in a lot of areas. I was, you could see them, and uh, with the full moon coming, and uh, I just I had pockets that were just populating it right in front of me. Like you could you could just almost see the fish pulling in, getting ready to to spawn, and and um, man, like a light switch, they evacuated uh, so many different areas that that I was uh, that I was fishing in. And I, I seem to be left with the ones that had committed to spawn or regarding fry. And uh, I found myself uh, scrambling, you know, to even catch a limit down there, you know, where oh, coming up to the tournament, I man, I thought it was going to be, you know, easy to, to get 15 to 25 bites a day. So it, it it's amazing. Like you said, it's, it's very dynamic. I mean, I, I never thought a, a cove full of spawning fish would evacuate I guess they just didn't like that one. They went to another cove, and they probably did their business there. No, those fish are renowned for, and I believe it, when the water comes up, I would say those females went, even though the air, you know, the water temperature was right, the lake, the air was cold, and that's what was really keeping everything kind of back. If, if, mm. if the air had not been cold overnight, you would have caught your 25 fish a day. Um but I think the shad stayed out. Uh, I, I know I talked to some guys that were up there that fished the tournament. I mean, Clark Green was one. He was fishing rock piles out in six to eight foot of water, shallow rock piles. And he was jamming them and the water came up and he still kept jamming them. Um, but I think those shad pulled back. And then the, the longer that water stayed up, the more they, the big ones just, they follow the water on the, on the, and I think, you know, Monday, I get my days confused, but Monday when I was out there for the 14 hours, I had two flipping stretches that I found that they were loaded on. One of them I had probably 16 bites on, and the other one I had probably eight bites on. Um, and when I rolled back in there the last day of the tournament, I hadn't fished them until then. And when I rolled up, you could see the males still sitting on the buck brush. Uh, they were there, but the females were gone. And, um, you know, I, I, I just believe that the lake came up Sunday morning. It started really coming. It started going up Saturday evening. But I think Sunday morning in those clouds and rain, they rolled up. The females laid their eggs. And by the time we started the tournament, the females were steady, starting to, to, to get out of there. When that water starts dropping, they get their eggs laid, and they stay around a day or two, and then they, they get out of there. And the males stayed. And that's why you caught a lot of buck bass. Uh, yep. You know, or, or I caught quite a few buck bass on the final day, and once I could see them, because when I found them in practice, it was it was almost three o four, and by the time I fished them in the tournament, it was three o three. So it'd come a foot off of them, and I mean, I saw them garden fry and sitting on bed. And when you flip in a, a buck brush and you jig it up four or five times and it grabs it, you can just about guarantee that's a, a bedded fish. It's not a feeding fish because he would have bit it when you flipped it in there, but. Well, where, where do like, where were your bites? Where did you win this tournament? Were you, you said you were fishing like a, a secondary point back in a pocket where you found a group, but mainly were you, were you on secondary points? Were you out on the primary points? Where, where were your big fish coming from? I started on uh, the main um, both mornings, but the, the first morning I started on the Northern side of the lake and that's where I caught the big one. But she, you know, like I said, she was in a little, cut but it was still kind of main compared to the wind that gets you know the massive amounts of wind um stayed on the main but it, it, like i said it wasn't really happening 
too good. But if you put the troll motor down and kept now, the first day was challenging because of the 30 mile an hour winds. And I was down at the dam. And when we left out of there, it was probably, you know, three, three footers at least. I mean, it wasn't the worst I've ever seen, but it was pretty tight. And we put the no, we put the bow straight up and ran 30 miles an hour to nut bush and then turned and went up nut bush. And it was pretty, pretty brutal. Um, but the first day I fished the north side of the lake around the dam and never went past county line for guys that are uh, familiar with the lake. Part of that was because I couldn't move around very fast. <laughs> um, so the second day I concentrated where the wind hit the hardest because I knew that it hadn't got the pressure. Yeah, uh, that's smart. So that's where I went the first morning I started, or the second morning I started where I was going to start the first morning, but the wind was supposed to be north-northwest, and it was uh, west-southwest on the tournament morning, so I adjusted and went to the other side. The second morning I started on my original starting point, caught a short fish where I expected to catch a fish, went to another point on rock, again, trying to make it happen, no bites, saw a buck brush way down in the corner, rolled down the bank, Threw in the buck brush. There's a two and a quarter pounder keeper, you know, kind of chilled me out. Went to four or five points that are really good shad spawn this time of year points. And I fished a half a mile just in and out between the points and everything. And I caught two little keepers. Uh, I said, well, this didn't happen. So let me go back. You know, I ran on back towards uh, Satterwhite, started fishing some stuff back there. Knew that there was more people fishing that way. Um, but I got on a stretch where we know where I normally would pull up in four or five points. Um, you just hit the four or five points and you leave. I was just troll motor down, going down between it. And I didn't get a single bite on that whole stretch. And I got to the last three bushes on the, on that bank, getting ready to be like, well, the spinnerbait deal's over. And I threw on the second to last bush and caught one pushing five. And so that was like, well, maybe this spinnerbait bite isn't over. So <laughs> I ran four or five more rocky places going down, never got a bite, uh, trying to make it happen. And then I caught, filled out my limit and caught a couple of times with two, two and a quarters that where they had come out of those pockets and they were starting to sit on the bushes that were on the point, the, the bushes that had more water on them um, in some pretty big Lots of bushes, not just individual bushes on that deal. So I caught, you know, throw back through the willow gums, buck brush, and it'd just be coming out and one come out of one of those pieces of structure and grab it. Called those out pretty good. Um, they went and caught a couple flipping. And uh, second day decided I was going, I'm out of here. I'm headed back up the lake. I always get worried about breaking down or batteries or anything going wrong, you know. So spinning a hub. Uh, Spinning a hub, you know, I carry, I carry a <laughs> marine supply store in my boat because I think it's all happened to me before. So <laughs> if I could skip, carry a spare Mercury 250 on there, I would, but unfortunately <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But so something told me to go back to Island Creek. I rolled to Island Creek. I went in there, fished one pocket. There was a bunch of boats in there. It really was crazy. It looked a little too clear to me for what I wanted to do, even though the nutbush in was crystal clear. Um, so I rode out on the main lake, messed around on some stuff, pulled up on one point, fished the windy side of the point. I spent 30 minutes on a point just throwing three or four times to every gum tree 
Buckbrush, Willowbush, whatever was there, just making sure I'd cover all the angles. Yeah. Which is, comes back to a spawning fish. Right. Angles are key, whereas feeding fish tend to wheel it by the, the bush and they come out and crush it. But anyway, I got right to the end of the point. I threw over there and I still believe it was a guard that came after my spinnerbait. And I threw back over there anyway, and I got about 20 foot past where the gar struck it, and a four and a half pounder ate it. And I put her in the boat, and I was like, well, well, there it is. And so that was the second day. I put all my rods below deck. I've probably told the story, but I'll tell you guys. Rolling back to the ramp, I'm like, well, I got 40 minutes before check-in. I said, if I go in now, my fishing crowd, you know, Scooter and Michael, they're going to just – trash me for giving up 40 <laughs> minutes early giving away fishing time yep and anyway so i pulled over pulled out one bait and low I, there was a i think it was one of the ladies that was fishing the tournament she was literally picking her troll motor up headed to check in and i pulled in where she stopped and started coming back this way and i caught i had a uh, what i think was a big one eat the bait but the slack just went in the line i didn't get a hook up on her and then I caught two or three little small fish, and I'm like, this is just crazy. And I caught another one and culled a half a pound. So I, I was like, okay, I'm really, I'm done. You know, now I'm only going in 15 or 18 minutes early, so we're okay with that. Put the rock <laughs> below deck, culled out, ran in, weighed in. And so the moral of that story was that that night I got to uh, the trailer I was staying at, and I, I said, you know, I, I hadn't really been jamming them in the morning, so let me just start right here, give it 15 minutes. 15 minutes ain't going to cost me anything from what I've been doing every morning. I mean, one morning I didn't get down there for an hour after, you know, being like 180 or whatever I was. And You're talking about just starting real close to the takeoff. I started about 400 yards below the, the off-limits area. Mm -hmm. And – I started, I went through that little cut in the bank where I had the bites the day before and nothing. I'm like, well, you know, it was a, a flog as we like to call it. I was like, it's just, it's an afternoon deal, if anything. So I'm headed out, you know, the camera boats out there, the guys that are following me are out there. I'm sure they're all wondering what I'm doing. Cause I know a couple of them are locals and they're like, this guy ain't fishing up here. And so uh, I go to go out and I make the last cast across the point. There's one bush right there and I catch a two and a half pounder. And put her in the boat and i'm like okay so i went down the bike the bank and i think in the next nine minutes i caught four i mean it was just like bam 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 and i'm like all right one more and i'm gonna have you know giving them a, a problem and uh, i caught one more keeper to give him my limit and, and relieve the stress because my biggest fear was a seven and a half pound lead and i go down there and i don't even catch a fish because in fishing i promise you it can happen. I don't care who you are, how good you are. It can happen. And when and, and if you don't five, have that, if you don't have that limit or have that, the demons start creeping in on you. Exactly. And it and gets I was even already, worse. I already since the first day felt like I could throw up for two days. So uh, <laughs> the demons were were roaring inside of me. But uh, but anyway, I caught that one, and I went about 30, 40 minutes, and then. I caught a three and a half pounder on that same, uh, you know, farther down the bank, put her in the boat, caught out that little one. And I kind of knew right then it was over. Um, there was only two guys that could even have really a true chance to catch me at that point in time. And they were going to have to have 19 to 20 pounds. Um, so I felt like that was 
going to be, you know, that's tough to do on this. Like, I, I mean, I caught 19-13, but it was a gift catching a 5-13, the biggest fish of the tournament. So they were going to have to have a sack. And, look, David Williams made a, a heck of a run at it at me. You know, he jammed them good. He just had a, fir- a tough first day, or or you'd be probably talking to him for this tournament if he hadn't had such a tough first day. But, you know, I, 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 I had a dream the night before that I never left sight of the Clarksville Bridge for the final day. And I hit two or three things after I had my lemon. I was feeling good. I didn't get any bites, and I kind of was like, you know what? I said, I'm never going to forgive myself if I don't run down there and I get beat if I don't go check those flipping stretches because I had not fished them in two days. So uh, a buddy of mine, he he was following me up there, so it kind of gave me – I said, it's 9 o'clock or 9.15, whatever time it was. I said, if I run down there and give it two hours – Worst case scenario, he can throw me a rope and tow me back to the ramp by three o'clock. So, um, I don't know, you know, and it ended up I I didn't call anything down there. Everything I weighed in that final day came right there at the start. So, I caught a bunch of fish. Um, and about 12 o'clock, I went into the the slam the trolling motor down to cast mode, and I ran about 15 wheelers on the way back and caught. 10 or 12 fish, but they were all just little ones. I didn't catch a, you know, one good one that I felt like one more three to five pounder. I, and I would, I could, I could yell to the lungs and say ball game, but I never a hundred percent, you know, got to that point. But I guess everything we did was you couldn't do it any better. So I don't second guess what happened. Um, and the Lord guided me and, and my boat to everywhere I needed to be. Man, those are some great adjustments. Uh, the the thing that people don't really realize that and that are listening is these areas close to the launch ramp, they were horrible looking. Like that, there was zero visibility. I mean, that Roanoke was raging with mud and floating debris in comparison to where you had been catching them the previous two days. This was night and day water conditions. Completely different situation. You know, and I think I got to add, you know, the creeks were staying pretty, you know, relatively good looking water on the upper end of the lake. Um, And I realized that on the, on the first day I came in at three o'clock, my check-in was at five o'clock. So I went in the Creek behind where we launched from and picked up a, a, a big spinnerbait and, this uh, another, you know, meant to be type situation. I threw, I threw, and I, I, I was actually having a really good casting few days, very accurate, getting it where it needed to be. And I made a cast and I was off by probably 10 feet and I'm kind of winding it back. Like, yeah, this, that's a, no, a wasted cast. And my whole entire spinnerbait just disappears. And I catch a 360 and call out for a, another half a pound. I mean, I came in there with like, 18 and a half and almost 19 but i called that fish and gave me another 19 but i caught like seven or eight fish in there and i was like they're just biting up the lake and i think that's what made me want to come back up there the second day but that red mud was definitely keeping the boats from fishing it and it but it cleared so much comparatively speaking to what we started with to that third day i mean she really clear is is a, a relative term but compared to the chocolate roll, the red rolling mud, 
she got back where you had a visibility of, of you know, eight to 12 inches, whereas it was no inches. Um, yep. But I think that's where I put on a little bit bigger thumping spinner bait. And I think she, she, uh, that's why, you know, you can get bit there. Do you have the, the spinner baits in question with, yeah. you? can you show us what you were working with? So on the, the lower end of the lake, I was throwing, uh, this is a hog collar with smaller blades. Put that up on um, screen, Rich. On a, um, I don't know if y'all can see it, but it's on a loose hypermag speed spool reel, eight mm. three to one gear ratio. I put it on twenty pound extra strong P line. Um, so I and you know I had about five different spinner baits tied on, but you know and but the only thing I can one hundred percent say is every single one of the fish I weighed in, I'm 99% sure every one of them, as I look back in my brain, were spinnerbait fish. I think I got rid of all my flipping fish. Um, wow. And culling. So, and then up the lake, I was throwing uh, same lose eight, three to one, but I was throwing this little bit bigger golden spinnerbait, chartreuse and, and white, and um, on 20 pound extra strong. So every morning I left with basically. Uh, six rods on the deck. One, uh, well, the first one I left with three flipping rods and four spinner baits, and then the rest of the time I had one flipping rod and five spinner baits on, and I had them ready to go under the deck. I mean, if the spinner bait had stopped, I'd have put the spinner baits up and pulled all the flipping baits out. But I had one there, and I had a, uh, I did keep a cinco. Um, just a, everybody knows about a cinco on uh lose medium action rod uh mock crush reel had that if, if one did swirl it or or whatever had that ready to go and throw back in there oh. and fry fish or whatever you wanted to do but mm -hmm. um it uh that was that was the setups uh but most i think everything i weighed in came off spinnerbait best i can tell. lock it lock the spinnerbait Lock that spinner bait in your hand. That was a great move. Our subscriber Jacob wants to know: Did you try a vibrating jig, or did you just go with the spinner yeah, bait and roll? Yeah, lipless. Because I hear I saw some other guys uh, mixing a lipless in there. Did did you at all? So the first morning, so I'll tell you exactly. The first morning I left with three spinner baits on the deck, a chatter bait on the deck, and three flipping rods on the deck. So the chatter bait's always one to me. It plays up there. Uh, it tends to be later in the day as they move down. You can do a little bit better with a chatterbait than a spinnerbait, uh, unless it's cloudy. I mean, if it's cloudy, then you can do it all day. But the blade bite tends to be an hour, hour and a half in the morning. Then you got to go to the chatterbait. And if the wind will keep blowing, everything will keep biting. But I did have one on. Um, I caught it, and I had a uh, caught one on a swim jig. Uh, but they were smaller fish. But I, it was, you know. You can't say that what the bait was. It was what I put in my hand and kept locked in it for if there was 24 hours in the tournament, that spinnerbait was in my hand, 22 and a half of them. So, yeah, um, that, you know, obviously, but I think it was more, I believe some of those fish would have hit whatever came by them, but it just, most people would not have fished it. And I didn't practice it or I may not have fished it because it was so slow, spotty bites that, you wouldn't think, oh, I'm on them, you know, because it's like one bite on a mile. I mean, who's going to do that after they practice it? So, I mean, having the knowledge and knowing where the big ones stay and tend to catch them, um, 
that kind of helped me because I was willing to stay out there and get one bite because I felt like it'd be the right bite. And I, going into this tournament, I felt like, and uh, I told Scooter and Michael both, I said, I need two five-pounders in three days, and I need to put them in the boat. And we ended up with uh, definitely two five-pounders, two four-and-a-halves, and, a halves, and those, <laughs> I had four big ones, and that, you know, that – Put it on, you know, did the deal. But most of the time, it always seems to be when we win or do really well up there, you put that five pounder in the boat. It's one five pounder. That's what you get to bite out of 40 fish. And if you lose her, that was your chance at winning. And, um, you know, it just that my nerves were right with no net because, like, the 513, I could have got her four times with a team partner and a net, but that there was uh, nobody there. And, I was, my heart was palpitating. I was just trying to get my hands on her, and I grabbed her. I probably broke her jaw when I grabbed her, when she finally calmed down and got up. You know, it's something I probably need to work on more because I fished so many team tournaments and fished a lot of you know FLW events, and it's all net, so you don't you don't play with them right. to figure out what to do. And then you're practicing, you flip four pounders in the boat. You don't even think about it. But um, it was definitely a little bit uh, uh, interesting deal. I, by the second day, I learned I moved my rods to one side of the boat so yeah. my, uh, my big self could get on the deck and get my knees down without breaking all my rods and grab the fish better. So it was just a, a little bit of a learning experience. So. Well, that's a great way to learn on the fly like that. Uh, the uh, landing of fish is a, a skill onto itself, uh, hand landing of fish, no doubt. But it brings me to a question. Did you, were you using a trailer hook? I didn't notice one, but you that bait was moving fast. Were you, yeah, uh, they, they, they both have. I had number two Gamagatsu trailers on them both. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I, I remember digging the trailer hook out of a couple of them, but I can't remember if they had the front hook. But we all, I mean, I always run a trailer hook up there. Um, it's uh, just what we do. We run them because it will get you one or two more. And I mean, you know, it's a little aggravating with the bush, but, you know, it's, it's trading off. Do you want to? Yeah. Lose the one five pounder you get to bite, or do you want to keep her? I, I know that the four and a half I caught up the lake that second day. I remember for sure the trailer hook had her uh, on the outside of the mouth, and she dug around, went crazy, jumping. But you know, I, there was a something that rarely ever happens to me in tournament fishing. That there was a calmness when that fish was going crazy that I never even one second thought she was going to come off. Huh. And that's just. You know, the man upstairs, I believed, I was like, it's meant for me to catch this fish. I'm going to catch this fish. I'm not even worried about her jumping off. Where normally I'm breathing heavy, yelling at my partner, get the net, <laughs> don't knock it off. They're going crazy. And I remember that feeling on that fish. She's out there just jumping. I'm like, she's not going to come off. Just bring her in. And I did kind of still do a little bit of a the belly old throw her over my head type deal because I, I couldn't quite, she wouldn't open her mouth. So I had to get you know, get my hand under her belly and she wanted to slide out of it. And I just didn't want her to come off over something dumb, but you know, that's, awesome. that was, that's just what happened. So cool, cool under pressure. I wish we were, I wish this tournament was televised. I'd like to have seen that one. What do you got, Josh? So the message board lit up when you said that you use an 8.3 to one on a spinner bait. Is there a reason for such a fast reel? With a yeah, that's, that's enough past me when you said that that's a high speed reel for a spinner bait so you're you're moving that thing along yeah you would know for for years i used a six to three to one um 
the key is, I mean, for for you have to know to to vary the speed. It's more for me. It's more about watching the spinner bait and knowing what I want it to do, rather than feeling it in my in my in my hand. So I mean, I'm just my goal is whatever I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep that bait right at that point where I can't quite see it or right where I can see it. That's what I'm trying to do. When I'm coming up on a bush, you know, it's coming from down deep. You slam it into the limb, you kill it, it flutters off the side and you let it get back down before you reel it. Cause a lot of them will come out and eat that. Just like, you know, they'll eat the spinnerbait when it's falling. Um, it can be a little tricky on uh, hook. You'll get some mess it up. Cause they, it's not like a jig where they eat it. The blades are in the way when they eat it on that sideways deal. But, Definitely the speed reel helped me catch up to them, keep mm. keep up with them. But I would say for, for somebody going out to learn spinnerbait fishing, an eight three to one is probably not the best pick. I would go with a lower gear ratio because it's you have to control the bait. And if you if you don't know what speed to reel it at, you will reel it too fast and you, you won't get the bites. Um so I mean it it the eight three to ones. I just love the hyper mags and I I've just learned to vary with that higher gate. Sorry, higher ratio speed. I've learned to control how fast I'm winding it. So it's, it's interesting because the, that 20 pound test, in addition to that high speed reel, you have the capability of really moving that bait or, or catching up to a fish. Uh, Ripping their lips. Yes. So that was, you know, normally I'm throwing 90% of the time I'm throwing a spinnerbait on 15 pound extra strong, which is, you know, in most other lines is probably like 18. I mean, it's a much stronger uh, line, um, the green, moss green color. But this one, I knew they were going to be bush fish and I knew it was going to get interesting around gum trees. The rocks will beat your bait up if you're trying to keep it down, hitting the rocks. So I was like, we're going to all 20 and get that little bit of extra. Uh, the reason why I go with 15 is it's a little smoother casting when you're trying to pinpoint place things. But, you know, the 20 gives you the extra strength and the ripping power and the 8-3-1 to three, one reel just to, to get them away from the bush once mm. they grab it. Because you don't want them going back in there because that you got big problems when they go into four buck brush with four sweet gums and it's <laughs> over. It's just, you know, you got to get them out away from it. So, and, you know, timing the cast and if they're aggressive enough and you think you can do it, you really want them to eat it after it hits the bush and starts coming out. That's the better place for them to eat it. We don't always get to choose, but uh, <laughs> I had some eat it behind the bush and they're a little trickier to get, to get out of there. But if you can, if you're lucky enough and they bite it, once it comes out of the structure, soon as it comes out then you don't have as big of a problem but when they bite it in it you got to rip them out and the line the the 20 pound extra strong gave me definitely i think i didn't break off a fish and you know i have over the years broke off fish doing that um check your line i've gotten a lot better about that since uh the tour event cost me uh possibly winning a tour event on lake hartwell when i fished the tour many years ago uh I did not check my line flipping bushes like I should have. And, you know, it, it probably cost me winning the tournament because I lost a seven and a half pounder after I've been flipping for an hour without checking my line. And it popped like butter when I set the hook. So 
anyway, so that but that stuff sounds efficient though, isn't it? Yep. Yep. That's uh yeah, that's a that's a heartbreak story. We've all been through that and uh, didn't happen to you this time. Uh I I wanna I wanna ask you this because the the blueback question, uh blueback herring and shad, right? Kerr's got both, most lakes do. What is it um is are the blue the it's too early for the bluebacks right they're were, are they a factor in your thinking or was this a purely a shad uh spawn that you were chasing or what are your thoughts on that a hundred percent i was looking shad spawn i mean my opinion the blueback deal is a june deal mm. uh, that tends to be when we really get on the blueback back bite uh i don't believe that there's as many bluebacks in car as there is hartwell um, I don't know because I've only been to Hartwell one time, but um, just from Jet and Clark's uh, Clark's Hill, I don't think there's as many bluebacks, but they love a top water on Car Lake all times of the year. Um, I think you would have seen some really great top water fishing if the cold nights hadn't been there. Uh, I think a you know a buzz bait would have just plastered them. I think guys would have just jammed them up. I know some guys jammed them up on Sunday when it was cloudy and still warm. And I know some guys jammed it up and it had actually backed off the buzz bait a little bit because of the cold air. But I think it could have been a, a epic top water tournament. If, if we hadn't had those cold nights, I think it just killed that. But blueback wise, they tend to spawn more, you know, that 80, you know, when they get up higher seventies, eighties, I think you could have seen some of it this week. If, but the, the year's been so crazy. I mean, the water temperature that I saw was 61 to 65. It's like we're first of April on Car Lake, and, and it's the first of May. But um, there are bluebacks there for sure, um, but I, I don't think they're quite as prevalent. I think there's more shad there. The lake has really been healthy with shad, I'd say, for the last two to three years. You get up there when the shad are up right around the evenings and it looks like the wind's blowing on a dead slick night. I mean, they're just everywhere. I mean, wow. last year in the cat championship, it wasn't, it was like you went looking for less shad because there was too many shad everywhere else. It was like a fall deal in, in May and there was shad just everywhere. I mean, you bring your spinner weight back and there was 40 with it every cast. So uh, there's a lot of shad in, in bugs I think the shad population has been really done well the last four or five years. Um, the stripers hadn't eaten them all, but the bluebacks, they're definitely there. But I, And we'll see that deal come online in June. But I, I don't think there's as many as the, the, the famous blueback lakes. But I'm not a scientist either, so I, I just go by what I, what I see. Well, it makes so sense. I mean, the water temperature was right for the shad spawn for sure. And uh, – you know the 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 blueback herring has you know typically years you know I've I've fished a Toyota there um, in June, and it was all about the blueback spawn uh, during that event. Was and, that one the one twelve years ago when it was the schoolingest place you'd ever seen in your life? Yeah, it was. I can't remember how many years ago, but I, I swear that year because we went through about five years after that where they did not do that, and I believe truly we've. We've talked about it multiple times. I think they ate them all. That <laughs> year, the schooling was so crazy. I think they ate them all. Oh, man. We didn't see that for like five more years. They, I mean, it was wow. we won the schooling 
people, the tournaments were getting one school and all the way through September, they were just jamming them. And I, I really believe they ate a lot of them. They knocked the population back that year. It was crazy. If you were there a day, day one, I had, uh, all top water fish. I had 22 pounds on, yeah. on, on day one. And the reason why I'm telling you that is just to brag, um, <laughs> a little bit, cause I had such a bad week. I, I need a little moral support. <laughs> hey, well, here's here's one good one. You beat me in that tournament. I tell you that. How about that? So. <laughs> well, we're one and one, I guess, on bugs. Yeah, I took a, I took my lumps this week. We'll but, go uh, for the tiebreaker next time. All right, deal. I'm in. I'm in for. I hope they come back. Honestly, yeah. Bass has. I think they said 98 was the last time they were there. So. It, it's been forever. It's been a long time. I think they said 90, might have been 94. I think it was the old uh, top one or the, the old one where they used to pair them up uh, boater on boater. Uh, yeah. I really believe that was the last time Bass was there. And I think maybe wow. George Cochran won it in the fall. Is That might be the same tournament, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think he may have won it on a Balsa B up in, uh, in uh, Buffalo, but that was like I used to hear about that when I was like five. I mean, it was forever <laughs> ago. So I think that might be the last time Bass was there. But I'm not 100. percent I love I love the lake. It's so interesting. It's dynamic. Uh, I learned so much this week, and you always do after you you know have a tough week. Uh, learn so much, and learned so much uh, talking to you about man this the spinnerbait uh, effectiveness, and and the, I think these fish just. They just chase shad, right? They're they're living their whole lives chasing shad and herring, and 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 they behave accordingly. Um, and there's a lot of fish there. One of the things I really like about the lake too is it's not as populated. Like it doesn't get that much pressure as a lot of the other lakes around. There's not houses on every single stretch of shoreline, so it's pretty cool. You know, you can still fish natural pockets there, which you don't get to see that much. I would say in my, you know, 70% of the lake is still fully natural pockets. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's definitely a pretty cool deal to be able to go up there compared to Gaston where there's a house every 10 feet, which you're fishing boat docks. You know, it's, it's, a, it's crazy to, and then, you know, that river system, that lake system is unbelievable. You got bugs that is a highland type reservoir and natural cover, flooded bushes. You go to Gaston, it's all docks, some graph, shoreline grass. And then you go to the lake below it is Run Up Lake. It's probably one of the best grass lakes in the country. Uh, but it's very small. Uh, no big tournaments go there. They did do a, a ultimate match fishing there one time, but it was kind of a bad year for it. But, I mean, they've been weighing in 30-pound bags up there in that grass. But it's like literally it's just wow. crazy to go. you got like a, a Lake Cumberland on the top, and you've got, uh, I don't know another great dock lake. Well, you go to Smith Mountain, you got a mountain reservoir above Carr, and mm -hmm. it's just the clearest water you ever want to see, and it's full of big ones. And then you come a little more, you know, the highland type on Carr and bushes, and then you go to the next one, it's docks and shoreline grass, and then you go to the last one, it's like a little mini Gunnersville down there. So, you know, we got, yeah. and then you come to the river system. So you kind of got a little bit of everything on that on that river system to to. And it's probably what's, you know, it's, it's taught fishing all those different things is prepared to do when I traveled everywhere. You know, you can do whatever you want to do on, on those on those systems. You want to go jam them like Gunnersville, you can go to one of them and so on and so forth. 
Well, it's a great part of the country, uh, and it's, you know, for where I'm from, you know, I'm about five hours north. It's like our first reservoir that we got exposed to, like southern, classic southern reservoir uh, looking fishery. So that's why I did a lot of my training there uh, when I was in the early parts of my career because, you know, that's all the tournament trail goes to. So it was good to get that experience. And, uh but I love I love it down there, Gaston Kerr or Smith Mountain. All the, I haven't fished the others, but I man, sounds like I need to. You, uh, you follow the river down to the Sound. Albemarle Sound is probably the top fishery on the East Coast. What? Absolutely, it's taken twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine pounds. There's been two bags over thirty this year weighed in down there. Uh, <clears throat> we actually left. We fished the tournament there Saturday morning, and and it continued. We won. We won the top Collins Top Gun down there on Saturday, and but that I that fishery, that. the the fishery down there is just it's unbelievable. I mean, we had we've been fortunate. Hurricanes will wipe that place out, and we've been fortunate to hold about eight or ten years with no bad hurricanes and fish dives. And it's just amazing to watch uh, the local tournaments come in and uh, Bojangles was there a few weeks ago. 29 was first, 28 was second, 27 was third, 21 to get paid. I mean, it's just, it's wow. just unbelievable. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Rich, we got to put this on our uh, tournament list. I went we there. Go check with, it out. Uh, I fished there with Scooter this past, this Did past fall. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was, uh, we were on, we, we spent the day in the, in the Roanoke and man, you want to talk about a fishy looking place with, some real potential for big ones it's it's there like awesome. cypress, cypress trees and everything i mean i was nice. i was there kind of the it was it was end of november and it was a bad cold front so i was there kind of at the wrong time but you know oh, that's just a, that's just what scooter uses as an excuse i mean don't get to that <laughs> well he he was he was coming off he was at the deer camp for for like three weeks before and he hadn't been yeah. out but he 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 made a little time to to get me on the water with him, so I appreciated that big time. But I mean, you want to talk about somewhere that looks like some fun to fish? That's it. Nice. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you gotta come. You gotta come in March, April, and really get the 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 world see it all. But yeah, I mean, that was probably one of those days I was yelling at him while he wasn't here putting out corn. He was out playing with you on the water. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you've got, uh, you got another big tournament in your future. Uh, you're headed to the big dance. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts, man? It's, uh, it's gotta be a thrill of a lifetime, man. It's, I, I can't even describe the, the, to be able to to be given the dream that every tournament fisherman alive wants to go there. And and I think like less than a thousand people have ever fished a classic. Uh to be one of 55 guys or, or whatever the number is is it's it's just amazing. I'm just gonna try to to enjoy the moment because uh you know it'll probably never happen again and and just try to go enjoy it and and enjoy and appreciate all the people that have supported me and pushed me on and uh to keep in this thing when many a times i wanted to throw in the towel but the last time i was ready to throw in the towel uh, literally i came back from uh, um uh the bass when they used to invite the top 10 guys out of the bass uh opens to go fish that um 
whatever the I don't remember what it was called. I, I guess I tried to forget about it, but Bass Fest. That's what it was. It was Bass Fest. So I went out there and I watched Jacob Wheeler win that tournament out there. Um, and I kind of came back from there and I, I dug myself quite a bit of hole of debt. And I told told my wife, I was like, you know, I'm just, I think I'm done. And I, I was in a little bit of a depression and uh, best, you know, within reason. But uh, she's like, get out of my house and go to the Potomac River. And so I went up there and uh, actually I remember in practice, a buddy of mine and I, he was doing most of the, the, the daggone practicing because I just was like, I'm just done with it. I'm just, I'm over it. It's just not meant for me to do this. I got to go to. Right. to life uh anyway i won that tournament and that's what the flw champion was a, a, a coaster series at potomac and that changed the that put me back on this 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 plan of <laughs> chasing the dream and you know it's been went on the tour for a few years that was a tough role a lot of other things going on in life but it's just i i guess it's all come to fruition and i get to go to the to the number one tournament in the world so yeah uh, as long as the lord let me fish the next two tournaments that's it so i was just gonna ask if you were fishing all nine or just one division just one division yeah we'll get you there you give us a call we will tell you we will do whatever it takes you got to show up to the next i just gotta run. make a cast yes that's it that's it then you then you can go get breakfast just make a cast so, so what the next one is the saint lawrence right yep have you ever been up there, pal? I have. I've been up there three or four times. Um, a good place to go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking forward to going back because I have not been there when they really have been jamming them. I was kind of up there right before these 23 pounds every minute you set foot. You know, I was still <laughs> catching 17, and it was okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to get back up there. Um, buddy of mine's going to go up there, and he signed up as a co-angler in it, so we're going to go up there and just have fun because that's you know um just see what happens it doesn't even matter i was talking to a guy yesterday he's like well you can run to the lake i was like i can run to the lake or i can sit at the ramp it doesn't really matter i, I mean i'll go fishing and enjoy it but i don't I, I can if i break down running to the lake it doesn't matter if i you know stay at the ramp and don't catch enough fish to you know to do well then it doesn't really matter we, we've accomplished everything that you can accomplish in this division i mean bragging rights a little bit maybe but uh you yeah know. that relaxed attitude that you probably you'll probably get right back into the winter circle yeah right you know <laughs> i'm just gonna say <laughs> <laughs> too too relaxed man it's no pressure that's that's an awesome sensation did they announce where the the classic next year is do you know where grand lake grand lake grand grand lake in oklahoma yes sir okay you might have been asking asking uh, Richard, but I answered because I know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh that that's uh, an amazing fishery. Also, massive amounts of bait fish in that fish factory out there. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it, I'm just thinking of it with respect to a place like Kerr. You know, it, it has some similarities. I it think does. you know, it's going to be good. It'll be cold. I mean, it it get, it gets cold. We. We had a classic there. I think the it never got out of the twenties uh, for the days of competition. Uh, so you you can sustain some serious cold blasts, but those fish don't care. They seem to bite right through it. Sure do. Yeah, I said I was going to put my buddy heater in the boat for the for to have it out there because if we get those cold fronts, it's going to be brutal. I've watched those classics when it's fifteen degrees and 
Yep. You want to just drown yourself it's so cold. So <laughs> it's cold. It, it 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 is mighty, mighty cold. But that's great. Congratulations for making it, man. It was a it was a great win, a really a dominant performance. And uh, it showed your, you know, your uh, your knowledge of that waterway, your ability to adjust to conditions. Um, you know, even hand, even landing fish. Uh, <laughs> uh, hand landing fish with it without your your partner there to scream at. So you did good there too. But that's a great win, man. And I I, I really you know going to be rooting for you at the classic. Going to be watching the whole way and uh, and maybe you know hopefully I'll bump into you up at Thousand Island. Well, you you still got, you got two chances at least to get to the classic. So are you fishing all nine or are you just fishing the division? No, I'm just like you. I'm I'm on. They have the EQ, which is the elite qualifiers. You you and I are on the CQ, uh, right. the classic qualifiers pro- program. So you got your job done. So hopefully, hopefully, I'll have a shot to get mine done over one of the next two deals. You got two more, two more, two more. Well, congratulations, congratulations on your win this weekend. Oh my gosh, just keep it rolling, man. And uh, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it so much. And uh, and good good luck down the road. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, guys. I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> no, <Good. laughs> we, we loved it. We loved it. Pal Kemp, everybody, the champ. The champ, Joss. The big dub. Uh, man, oh, man, he won on a, a, a challenging tournament, made it look easy. And uh, it's funny because when we did the, the call-in, Riz, I couldn't have been more off from my predictions about what it was going to take to win. Right, right, yeah. I, you, you were saying what? Fifteen. I now? was saying just under fourteen a day. Just under fourteen a day, and and he, yeah, he he did it in fifteen a day, right? Or more than what he had forty. Well, well, he had nineteen on the first day, so yeah. What was his total? I think he was in in the forties, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, but I way mean, more than I projected. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. So, uh, man, what what a great deal, guys! We're gonna be giving away some stuff. Like and share the feed. Get signed up to Bash You. Check it out. We got the we're cranked up. We've got a great cranked up promotion happening right now. Uh, so get yourself signed up for an annual subscription, or you can check it out for our ten day free trial if you want to dip your toes into it. And uh, I want to the the do you have the the image of the kids that we were talking to? I do. Mac Mecklenburg. Uh, there they are. The Mecklenburg High School Fishing Team. Uh, we we're hanging out with them. Me and Ish. Uh, at our cabin on Grassy Creek, and these guys, the kids were great. They've got like an immense amount of kids on that team. Uh, it's like forty kids, and so active in fishing, um, loving it. They were telling us all their their personal best, and uh, cool. we had we had a blast hanging out with those guys. Want to give them a shout out? They were all Bash U subscribers. They all uh, are their coaches. Got them all signed up, and uh, they're checking out Bash U TV and. Love to hear it. And a lot of them uh, were wearing their Bash University colors at the uh, at the weigh-in. So that's awesome to see. I got a I got a quick shout out too, uh, kind of for my for myself. And I uh, Ike Foundation. One of the one of the pledges that you take is you know it's take a kid fishing or mm-hmm. take take someone fishing. So yeah. So this uh, so this this past weekend on Sunday I. Uh, I went out and spent a spent a day fishing in you know some unfamiliar water that normally I don't I don't fish at and these two uh, two younger anglers were were at the dock and I could tell they were having problems with their motor they couldn't get their motor started couldn't get it running it was a 
you know, a, a 14 foot John boat with a, with a casting deck and trolling motor and a, and an outboard motor, but they couldn't get the outboard motor fired up. So I said, what's going on guys, you have motor problems. And, you know, I gave them a couple, couple pieces of, you know, we'll check this, check that and check that. And I said, if you don't get it fired up, I'll fish through this pocket. I'll be back in about 30 minutes. You can jump on with me. So I got back and sure enough, the motor still wasn't fired up, but their parents had dropped them off at the, at the boat ramp with the boat. So they didn't have a trailer to put it back onto. Well, they knew somebody in a, in a cove just around the corner. They were able to tie their boat up and then they jumped on the boat with me and, and, and fished with me, uh, all day. It That's was, awesome. uh, yeah, it was, uh, Cody and Cody and Keegan got to, uh, for got you. to spend a, spend a day and caught some fish. We, you know, we, we did some exploring and, uh, a couple good little fishermen. So, um, don't, don't forget, take a kid fishing, take somebody fishing that normally wouldn't go. Or, you know, I always say no man left on the bank, mm -hmm. right? If you see somebody yeah. that's trying to fish and they're having problems, come on, jump on the boat. Let's, let's go fishing. So love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to give a shout out to Wolf of uh, Walmart because he caught his personal best too. He had a baby girl this past weekend. Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations, Wolf. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, may maybe we have another new fisherman in the bunch maybe. I, I i certainly hope we do and good job riz i mean that's awesome rescuing that those awesome. kids and getting them out on the water we need to get this one out on the water we right do here. josh <laughs> you got to catch some bass yeah <laughs> this is your year it's it's coming uh guys we're going to take a quick break like and share the feed on social and we're going to be back with our trivia question we're going to be giving away some stuff we'll be right back after this What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the South Rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers, to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? 
I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bash U Live. We're, it's it's giveaway time. I love this part of the show. Um, I want to give a shout out to Cortland. Uh, I was using the high vis 10 pound test braid, and uh, I was using that for the majority of my practice and during the tournament. And uh, I was on the floating worm pattern, which was really a cool deal. The fish that were up were were just coming out of the woodwork. They'd swim 10 feet off the bed to go get it, and um, and but you know, like I say, things got tight for me with the cold front setting in, and uh, I did not find that spinnerbait adjustment, which I wished I had. But using a lot of that uh, 10 pound to uh, 12 pound gamma fluoro leader, uh, it was just a man for a couple days, it was a magical, magical weapon. I thought I was gonna have a chance to win this one doing that, but conditions change, man. That's the test, yep, that's, that's the name, that, name of the game. That's the derby test, man. You gotta shuck and jive and move with uh with what's happening out there and i was looking for that i went to try to relive that 22 pound bag you know that top water crazy magic that i had so many years ago and uh, i got some beautiful top water strikes but i i could not put that i think that i just missed the the spinnerbait like committing to it as uh as Powell did i think that was my big error in this tournament and uh, many others made it too it helps so, you know when you have a vast knowledge of a fishery like like he does and you know it it, that's it, a, it, it helps but you you know it can be as oh, big yeah, as can, a detriment it can burn having you. that intimate knowledge can cost you it's hard to win at home yeah absolutely you it know? can definitely definitely burn you in in the, the bigger events when you get a lot of fresh eyes out there but in uh in this one it sounds like you know, pal made the right moves. He, he, he was zigging when he was supposed to zig. And he was <laughs> zagging when he was supposed to zag. So. And he was picking his backlashes out on a spinnerbait yeah, at the exact right time. That's when you know. It's, <laughs> that's how you know it's meant to. Be. Have you ever had? I've had a bite like that on a spinnerbait before, where I, it's laying on the bottom and you're picking out a backlash, and they come over and pick I it up. I have had the same thing happen, yeah. and it's it, it it's like rare, it's the, rare. Obviously. At the most like obscure place everywhere in the world the salem canal i'm fishing down the <laughs> bank at the salem canal and i i get a professional overrun and uh i'm not a professional at all um 
and I get a backlash. (laughs) So I I turn around and I cast it out into the middle of the canal where there's no fish ever, (laughs) ever, right? No fish ever in the middle of the Salem Canal. Picking out my backlash, reel it in, and there's a bass on there. Nope. Like, come on. Come on. That's awesome. (laughs) You're living right. Living right when you're doing that. Uh, So you want to do the trivia question? Yes. Let's cue up the trivia question. The trivia for today's show. Um, Powell was throwing a spinnerbait at the open. That's what he said. He caught ninety percent of his fish on, but it wasn't just uh, it, w- it wasn't just a normal spinnerbait. Do nothing. There was one key element. He had a trailer hook on his spinnerbait. What was the 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 trailer hook of choice that he was throwing? What was the trailer hook Powell was throwing on the back of his spinnerbait? How closely were you paying attention? Because I did not remember that uh other than he was throwing a trailer hook and i want to um man the the eqs the elite qualifier the the contest is Boom, starting Dan allen <laughs> Tuak Gamagatsu. Tuak Gamagatsu. uh the eqs is heating up um and uh john garrett is leading the points uh tremendous he, he's a bethel university uh guy and man he's dominating after three events he scored 577 points Pretty damn impressive, John. Congratulations. I uh, wish you the best as the season continues. But our, our guest from last week, uh, Matt Henry, um, uh, well, not last week, the week before last, two weeks ago, uh, he was in sixth place. Man, just made a brilliant move. He did He did just like Powell did uh, where he fished in that muddy water early. And uh, and was able to capitalize on some bites that were that were awesome. I was talking to him at the ramp, and um, and he did a great job uh, with only four fish on day one, scoring a nice bag on day two, and getting in the check line and holding second place in the standings. Congratulations, Matt! Man, that's a heck of a deal. Yep. Uh, Kentic Kentic Kimura's third, Wesley Gore, and Ben Milliken, another guest of the show a uh, friend of the show and I, I i congratulated him personally for his big win at toledo ben uh i saw him and his wife and, and the kid and uh they were filming down there it was great to see uh great to see him and 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 talk to all those folks but congrats he's holding in fifth place right now uh it's heating up it's heating up but we've st- still got six events to go and uh it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how everybody fares in the rest of the season so shout out to those guys for doing so well we slow a- it down a little bit right let the rest of us catch up <laughs> we have a like and share winner congratulations aaron blank you won our like and share send Con- me an email <laughs> congratulations aaron uh you know what i'm really looking forward to and uh i'm looking forward to breaking out my aqua view for the next event yeah yes sir uh, it's gonna be it's, it, it is, and it's uh, it's smallmouth. It's clear water. It's set up for using that tool, and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, from especially in what I've learned over the last couple of years how to use it, how to use it to mm-hmm. pattern fish and tournament tournament fish. I'm really excited to really put it to work at this uh, at this next event coming up. Uh, hopefully nobody else uses it except after the tournament. I gotta look. I gotta look at the rule set. You know, are we allowed to use? I think we are. You are. Yeah, you're allowed to use. Uh, during during. They are an elite, so I'd assume yeah. you're you're allowed to. Yeah. Well, we'll. Uh, I'll be. I'll be using it. Hmm. 
looking forward to that one coming up and uh man we got a lot of great stuff coming up we'll be back live next tuesday it was great that mike was able to fill in in yeah. in my absence and yeah. uh what was the he talked about his practice strategy riz number one highlight from what Mike is doing to prepare for his tournaments. One thing that sticks out into your brain. I mean, you just opened up a big can of worms there because I could talk on this one for probably as no, long as he did. You can't but, do an epic Eric. Uh, yeah. You can't be epic he, Eric on this one. You got to give me one. He doesn't pick up a rod. Yes. Yes. Okay, all right. So he does That's not, a great one. in his pre-practice, he does not pick up a rod. He is strictly looking and gaining an intimate knowledge of areas yeah. And then when he goes back, it allows him to fish freely. And the first bite leads you down the road of the pattern because now you already know where everything is laid is. out. Everything's laid out. Doesn't pick up a rod. Wow. It's both interesting. Both of you guys said that. Well, because everyone was like, why? Yeah. Why not? It's and it's impossible. It's so hard for Mike. It's, it's, I know that's impossible. It's hard for any angler, right? Did the. You know, like I teach people when you want to learn sonar, lock your rod lockers, lock them up. Don't, don't go, don't, because what happens is you put the trolling motor down and you lose your, you start fishing and you lose your mind and you forget your purpose of being out there. But if you really want to learn them, do that. But Mike is taking it to a, a, a new level and uh, interesting. Guys, go back and listen to that show. It's available wherever you're, you're listening to this on podcast or, um, or on YouTube or over at bashu.tv, yeah. of course, go check it out there. And uh, uh, that was, that was awesome. It was cool checking in from the water yeah. uh, right there. And, and I told you this story, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you guys, there were fish cruising around that pocket where I was, where I was coming, you know, talking to you guys from last week. I had a six pounder. They were setting up to spawn that I was like, I can't believe it. Doing the show. You were already making arrangements for the classic. I, I had a spot. I told Shelly, clear a spot off on the counter for the new trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the uh, it was like they were, while I was talking, they were just ganging up in there. And um, and then, of course, they, they left. They just absolutely evacuated that area. But that's the nature of, of that fishery. Very dynamic and changing. Uh, but a lot of fun coming in from the water and we'll do, we'll do it again. If I can find some signal up there on the uh, thousand islands and, uh, look forward to getting GDP back in studio. Yep. Uh, a lot of great stuff coming. What's, what's releasing this week on Bash TV? I know. Yeah, so, so we, we just talked about technology a little bit with the, with the aqua view and, you know, using forward facing sonar, uh, this week we're releasing John Cruz riding the technology mm -hmm. wave, um, mm -hmm. in bass fishing and. Uh, he really, he really walks the class through the progression of electronics, the progression of equipment, how they got to where they are now and how he applies his, he, how he applies the changes in technology and fishing and how he stays up to date with things. And that's a really, really informative seminar. So definitely you want to go check that out. And then this week on the water, I'm super excited about this one because I know it's coming right around the corner. It's coming right around the corner is buzzbait fishing and we got the man andy montgomery yeah buzzbait fishing that's an on water that's actually getting released tomorrow so uh, it's the first time andy's taught with us yeah first first time andy's taught with us and he did a he did a really nice job so tomorrow is uh andy montgomery buzzbait fishing and then thursday we have uh we have john cruz riding the technology wave so um two awesome seminars if you're you know if you've been thinking about joining up with the program Now's a great time to do it. Uh, you know, you get an awesome, 
awesome, awesome gift pack for signing up and you get some awesome content as soon, yep. as, you, as, soon as you get on board. Yep. Shout out to Strike King. We were able to film mm-hmm. with Andy at the Strike King event uh, that took place in Louisiana recently, as mm-hmm. well as Greg Hackney, who we just came up with our flipping uh, his top three uh, shallow water approaches, yep. um, which got released last week ago. <laughs> you, he's an amazing instructor as well as a super talented angler, obviously. Um, so go make sure you go and check all that stuff out. And thanks to JC, John Cruz been with us since day one, as has Ish Monroe, who we're room with this past week. Um, JC hooked me up, hooked me and Ish up, uh, through his friend of a friend. We got a secret parking spot at a ramp real close to takeoff. Nice. So we were able to get our boats in, get, you know, get our, get our trucks parked in this, you know, top secret, uh, private lot. So Right. It's, it's it's nice to get the royal treatment once yeah. in a while. Don't get yeah. that very often. Right. So thanks, John, for uh, for helping us out, making that happen for us. Appreciate it. And guys, uh, is there anything else that we gotta talk about? Any anything else we're giving away? That's all. I mean, Next week? I, well, I did. I was reading the Bass Blaster, and have you ever? Used I know how Lobo you do that. <laughs> I do. Well, I thought it was really all right. So a lot of people probably already know this already. But did you know that Aaron Martins was colorblind and yes. he came up with it? Yeah. And the colors. How is that possible? <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. You Only know? the mind of Aaron could have accomplished that. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know the science science behind that. And... Supposedly, like they would go pre-fishing in the conversation. They would hand him one and like he would fish with it and be like, it needs a darker or lighter or. And yeah. that's how they started coming up with the process of how to pick colors, like Morning Dawn and stuff like that. Right. I thought that was so interesting. Yep. I used Morning Dawn a lot down at this tournament at yeah. practice, which, uh, you know, which was pretty intriguing. And I know uh, Robo actually pours for Missile. Yep. Uh, they do a they do a special run where on the miss, magic worm, yeah, on the magic worm where Missile and you Robo can get them for twenty five percent off together. with your Bash U membership. Go. Yep. Go check that and stuff, and tons of stuff is with the Aqua View we talked about, and there's so many other things over there. If you haven't checked it out, I know you got a lot of guys use the app. If you haven't used the app, download the app; it's free, and it's a great way to watch Bashu TV. But to take advantage of all the pro offers, all the member benefits, you got to go in through Bashu.tv on your browser, and you can get access to all these wonderful programs, including a Rapala VIP program uh, for VMC Rapala and Storm and all the rest, and and there's a lot of other. Uh, great opportunities to take advantage over there and pro member benefits. We're going to leave you with that. Hope you guys have a great day, great week. It's the weather's beautiful. It's springtime everywhere where I'm at. And uh, I'm sure it's getting on summer and post spawn down in Texas and, and Florida and all those kind of places. And up north, it's pre spawn still. So you guys are jamming them up. It's a great time to be fishing. Uh, if you want to take your fishing to the next level, go to bashy.tv and we will see all of you guys next Tuesday. Have a great day, everybody. Pete Kluzak here, Bass University, announcing our partnership with Cortland Braided Line. Very excited to be working with such a long-standing company like Cortland that builds supreme quality lines in a lot of different areas. A lot of people know them in the in the fly fishing area, but man, the braided lines are phenomenal. This is the master braid dyed high visibility lines. I use this for strike detection. It's great castability, toughness, great knot strength. All the things that we need as bass fishermen. And they've got a really cool line that's called Silent Flip. 
and it's designed to be more stealthy. Get you get your baits in that heavy vegetation, that heavy wood cover, and more of a stealthy mode is going to help you get a lot more bites. Give it a try. Go check them out. It's Cortland Braided Fishing Line. So, so proud and happy to be partnering with them at Bass University. If you're a subscriber to Bass University, we're going to have a lot of great opportunities for you to get your get a hold of some of this line and give it a try. Go check it out. I'm Pete Kluzak for Bass University.